PFF NFL Daily. Today discussing second year quarterback Sam and which one is in the best situation. And this is stemming a little bit from some Justin Fields discussion because the Chicago Bears on the surface looks like they haven't done a whole lot for second year quarterback Justin Fields. And Sam, we know that this is like what you're supposed to be doing, right? You've got your quarterback. He's on the rookie contract. Go nuts. You know, spend more in free agency and the whole thing. The Bears in particular look like they're just trying, you know, with Ryan Poles coming in, new regime, they're trying to start fresh there. So I'm going to pose the question. I think it's an easy answer. Which second year quarterbacks in the best situation? Maybe we'll circle back to discuss Justin Fields as well. Yeah, well, it certainly isn't Justin Fields. So that part is easy, easy to do. Um, look, I said last year that whoever the quarterback was that get that got drafted at number three overall was going to win rookie of the year, right? On the basis that that San Francisco 49ers team is the best situation for any rookie quarterback. Now, we basically didn't see Trey Lance long enough. He obviously didn't win it. Mac Jones did. But I still think that the 49ers is effectively the best situation for any starting quarterback. Now, We don't even know if that's going to be Trey Lance. They've still got Jimmy Garoppolo kicking around on the roster, and they haven't really thrown their unequivocal support behind Trey Lance. But I do believe that that is the best situation. I think New England with Mac Jones is a good spot as well. And I think sneakily, the Jets are doing a really good job building around um, Zach Wilson. They're, They're not all the way there yet. And the one big kind of thing that they haven't yet done is make that big splash and find that legitimate number one receiver for him. But quietly, like that's being turned over the way that the Buffalo Bills did with Josh Allen a few years ago. They're sort of slowly but surely building a much better team around him than the one he stepped into. Yeah, I have a lot of agreement with everything that you said there. Of course, the Trey Lance answer is very dependent on the last PFF NFL Daily that we had, you know, Debo Samuel and you know, deleting some Instagram info and all that stuff. But we're expecting him to be back with the 49ers. So, yeah, anytime you've got Trey Lance in that Kyle Shanahan system where I assume Shanahan, when he, when Lance plays, will tap into his rushing ability and all those unique playmakers. Got to go with the 49ers. Agree with Mac Jones. You know, last year it was Mac Jones, right? I mean, because he was a starter, Trey Lance wasn't. Not much has changed with New England. They do have a couple holes on that offensive line. They add Devontae Parker. So, Uh, To me, it's a 1A, 1B type of situation. I think Mac Jones is right there. The one other part about Mac Jones' situation, though, he does lose Josh McDaniels, his offensive coordinator, and you don't really have a clear, you know, coaching structure there in New England. Of course, they have coaches. We just don't know who they are, so it's harder to comment (laughs) on it, right? I, I mean, Bill Belichick might call plays for offense and defense. Who knows? For, like, the first time in NFL history, you'll have a head coach doing both. You know, who knows? Just to do something different. So, yeah, I'd say both of those guys. But I think it's also worth discussing Zach Wilson with the Jets, Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars. Those guys, their teams are moving in the right direction. Maybe the Jaguars overspent for some of their players. But with Urban Meyer out, Doug Peterson in, some of the new talent, Trevor Lawrence has a better situation. Zach Wilson has a better situation. And like I said, I think we could talk about Justin Fields as being number five out of those first round picks right now. And of course, Davis Mills probably sixth with the (laughs) ten. Yeah, I mean, the biggest change in Jacksonville might simply be removing one of the most toxic work environments known to the history of humanity in the Urban Meyer regime and doing anything else, literally anything else, right? Anybody other than that guy as the head coach probably materially moves the needle more than anything else you could do um, on the coaching staff, on the personnel side of things. And they're still going. You know, they've made additions. Guys like Christian Kirk. Okay, the contract was somewhat 
I hesitate to use the word comical, but, you know, <laughs> optimistic, shall we say. Um, and they still have the draft to go, right? So they're still going to be building pieces and significant pieces with the draft. But I don't think that that's as far along as some of these other moves. I, I really do think, though, that the Jets have made an awful lot of big moves in the right direction. Again, the one thing they're still lacking is that legit number one superstar receiver, which I think potentially has that force, uh, force multiplying effect on the rest of that depth chart where Corey uh, Davis gets back to being just the number two, doesn't need to be a number one. That probably makes him more effective um, the, the rest of that group entirely. So I, I think that the Jets are actually pretty close to building a very good situation around Zach Wilson. And then, you know, Mac Jones, it, it's probably a little bit better maybe than last season, but it was already a good situation for him. Yeah, maybe I'll pose the question that way. What would the Jets have to do to maybe leapfrog the 49ers or the Patriots, right? Because the Jets and Jaguars came into this offseason with a ton of money and a ton of draft capital. I think the Jets probably spent wiser than the Jaguars, but the Jaguars made a whole bunch of moves that will help this season. I would still put the Jets probably slightly ahead of the Jags, and with all this extra draft capital, you, you know, number four, number ten, some serious opportunities to add maybe that number one wide receiver. If it is, if it is Garrett Wilson or Drake London or whoever they add there, we assume that the Jets are going to have another receiver there. Love what they've done along the offensive line. It took them, I mean, pretty much since Sam Darnold was drafted to finally get that offensive line back in order. But I think that's going to be in place there with the Jets. Another receiver or two. The tight ends that they added, the Jets looking pretty good all around. I think they do have a chance to maybe get up into that tier with the Niners and the Patriots if they hit on a couple of these draft picks. Yeah, I mean, one of the the picks that they're being given consistently with one of those two first rounders is a wide receiver of some kind. So if they get to, they come out of the first round and they have a, a Drake London or a Garrett Wilson, and those are the two most popular draft picks for that number 10 pick for new uh, the New York Jets if you use the PFF mock draft sim, right? Drake London is being selected at number 10, 29.7% of the time. Garrett Wilson, 19% of the time. Those two guys, if they come out of the draft with one of them, and, and obviously, importantly, they hit. Like, if one of those guys has a, it shows up really well as a rookie, then honestly, I think the Jets are in exactly the same kind of situation as the 49ers are. They would have arguably a better offensive line. They would all of a sudden have a receiving core that can compete and, you know, a, a, an offensive system that would let Zach Wilson do what he should. he's capable of doing. All right, so I think it's fair to say you already have a pretty good situation in San Francisco for Trey Lance, New England for Mac Jones, the Jaguars and the Jets. They're working hard. They're pouring a lot of resources into making life easier for their year two quarterback. So let's go back to Justin Fields and the Bears. What exactly is happening here? Ryan Poles comes in. It's a new situation. A lot of times in a new situation, you clean house. You get new people in there. Why? Uh, the, the imp Where are the impact moves from the Bears? <laughs> They're not there. I'm not saying that they need to have made them, but why haven't they, right? We thought that they would have to overhaul the offensive line. They've essentially added Lucas Patrick. They lose Allen Robinson to free agency. They've essentially brought back, they've brought in Equinemius St. Brown. Byron Pringle, three and four type of receivers, right? Third, they traded Khalil Mack. What's the Bears' plan, and does it actually involve Justin Fields for his in his future? 
Yeah, I think they're in a very awkward situation where, you know, we've we've talked before about how when you hit on a rookie quarterback, the first thing you do is deploy all the resources that you've built up before you got that rookie quarterback, right? And you go and spend the free agent money and you cash in the draft picks and you mortgage the future for now a little bit so that you can put a team around this guy and make sure that he succeeds. The Bears are in a situation where the guy is taking over they're looking at this team and saying, this needs to be rebuilt. This is a, a tear down, build up type of deal. It's a reset. It's a rebuild, whatever you want to call it. And in order to do that, you've got to rip the thing to pieces, gut it, trade away the, the saleable assets, all those kinds of things. And that means you're not in the situation to build this team around Justin Fields in an off season. So, and of course, Justin Fields being the old regime's draft pick who didn't exactly, you know, light the world on fire last year, right? We saw some amazing flashes but flashes sums it up. We did not see consistently amazing play from this guy. So it's tough to know if the new regime even believes in Justin Fields at all. And if they do, I think they're looking at this and saying, look, if you're going to be the guy, Justin, you're going to have to get through this year, right? You're just going to have to survive, show some improvement, show that you can deal with a reasonably crappy situation. And then next year, we might be in a position to help you out and give you you know, some elite help on the on the." receiving group or some elite protection and those kinds of things. But right now, like, unfortunately you came along a year too early and we're just in a spot where we need to tear this thing to to pieces. I I do know that the most important part I think is getting those draft picks in there because the the, the bears have a, a roster that's been depleted every single season since 2018, when they won the division since that point, They've lost a lot of talent, and all of a sudden they only had five draft picks when Ryan Poles took over. They've gotten one of those back in the Khalil Mack trade, but they're still sitting there with six draft picks. And I think on draft day, their best strategy is turning six into nine or ten, right? And getting as much talent in there as possible, take as many swings as possible. Doesn't mean that they couldn't have made moves in free agency and, and filled out the roster a little bit, but I think it's showing, at the very least, they're building through the draft in Chicago, and we'll learn a lot more there. But again, out of all the situations, it looks like out of those five first-round quarterbacks, Justin Fields in last place as far as his supporting cast goes. All fair? Yeah, I mean, it's either Fields, and as you say, the only one definitively worse is poor old Davis Mills with Houston. Davis Mills. I was trying to focus on the first-rounders, but you're right, Davis <laughs> Mills, a starter last year. He's, uh, he's in sixth place as far as situation goes. Let us know. What do you think about those second-year quarterbacks? PFF, NFL Daily.